I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week is our one-year birthday. Birthday show. Birthday show. show. Let's talk about it. Happy birthday to you. Us. Happy birthday to you. Us. Happy birthday, dear Jeremy and Brian and Taylor. It's not any Happy birthday, but we're sharing it. You. Guys, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I was wondering why Who my. Who knows how many of these we have left? Yeah. We may only have one birthday in the entire life of this podcast. That's what Jeremy tells me every year when his birthday's in the middle of the week and I can't go out drinking. <laughs> yeah. How many am I going to have left? <laughs> For those of you who are tuning in and don't know what the fuck we're talking about, um, it has been today, uh, Monday, September 19th, 2016, exactly one year to the date where we started releasing weekly episodes. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now, technically, the very first episode of Sick Boy Podcast dropped on September 9th, but that was a, uh, that was a gift from us to all of our Kickstarter supporters, and it wasn't actually our... It was like a soft launch, right? Our, the our the heart- Kickstarter supporters who made the studio that we are recording in now a possibility. Re- That's right. Oh, that was fun. That means you've had that uh, tattoo on your ass for exactly I've had year. Yeah, I've had an ass tattoo for one year. It's faded like crazy. Can you show? Is this? It's faded. Why is it? Why is it faded? Because uh, I never got Gord to touch it up. I never went back and got touch ups. Anyway, yeah, but usually they just they just fade when there's like a lot of friction. Okay, um, so <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a year. We we decided that for this episode, what we would do is a is a fun little kind of like a look back, uh, a year in review. Sort of uh, uh, look over some of the highlights of the conversations, the experiences that we've we've heard of throughout the podcast. Some of our favorite moments, and some of uh, maybe like uh, the moments that stood out to us the most. Uh, so let's start with the first one. We're going all the way back to episode number one, the first time the three of us ever sat down with uh, a set of mics. <laughs> nice transition, <laughs> flawless, Kenny. All right, hi everyone. Uh, you are listening to Sick Boy. I'm your host, Jeremy Saunders. First off, let me thank all of you for tuning in. Let me thank you two for sitting here with me. I'm pointing at you and no one can see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is a podcast in where each episode we cover a different disease. And we chat with someone living with that disease in the hopes of dispelling any and all stigma that comes with the territory of being sick. So... Today's episode, we're going to be talking about cystic fibrosis, and I guess technically because I have cystic fibrosis, that doesn't really make me the host, that makes me the guest, and I am lucky enough to be joined by my two very good buddies, Taylor and Brian. 
But uh, today, I think you guys take the the role of host, <laughs> which means which means you got to say something. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I mean, introduce yourselves. Uh, so so I'm Taylor, and uh, I've known Jeremy for uh, for five almost five years. All right, so now that nap time is over, Brian, what do you have to say? Uh, my name is Brian. Um, <laughs> I've known Jeremy for a while, but but we weren't. Fuck you guys! This is my time. Okay. Now, would you two say uh, that you are perfect specimens? I mean, I'm looking at you right now, and I don't think I can see a single thing wrong with either of you. Have you ever had a cold in your life? I can't remember the last time I had a cold. Actually, yeah, I get really sweaty palms. <laughs> and Taylor's dick gets really red. <laughs> we'll cut that only we'll after that only after yeah. bouts of of strenuous <laughs> sexual activity. <laughs> <laughs> only when he's on a only when he's on a seven week tear. So that was it. That's where it all started. Back a year ago, back in the library. Um, but what I find so interesting is that. You know, and this and this is like maybe maybe less sick boy um, like disease talk, but more so just podcasting talk. I I love how it was like we there was this awesome podcast where Tim Ferriss, uh, the Tim Ferriss Show, he talks to um, Dan Carlin, who is the host of this absolutely I'm insanely to, good. I'm listening to Dan Carlin and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, right yeah, now. yeah. But you should listen to the Tim Ferriss and, and Dan Carlin because they talk about podcasting pretty much the entire time. And one of the things that Dan talks about is finding your voice. Yeah. And like there, there, there was, there was something about that first recording where the three of us sat together and made that, that as a, as a trio, we like found our voice, but we didn't really find it because it was already, already, it was already there. Right, right. Like it's we exactly developed it through our our friendship and our hanging. Exactly, hanging and what was so cool is that it it almost seamlessly transitioned over to the mics. Right, right. Except like, for the fact that it was awkward. Well, yeah, it was awkward well, yeah. as fuck at first. Getting well, used to this recording yourself, but that, and, but that's that's personal, right? That's like the exactly, personal yeah, recordings. Yeah, Whereas yeah. as the trio, we had that. I don't know. Like I just I love that we can like, and that we still <laughs> have that. That we can just sit around and like totally fuck with each other and and make fun of each other. By the way, Taylor, is your dick still really red? <laughs> yeah, how's that going anyway? Um, last I checked, it was last week on Facebook <laughs> that Jeremy had posted that his <laughs> dick was really red. <laughs> I, don't yeah. know, I don't know why he would put that up on Facebook, and, but he asked, he asked if anybody had suggestions about what it could be. <laughs> on Facebook, he just put that right out there, which I thought was really brave yeah. of you. Taylor hacked on Facebook. Taylor hacked on Facebook. I didn't hack any Facebook. There was a Facebook left open um, at my apartment. Yeah, I... I I don't know. It's cool to reminisce and look back at that. And what's also interesting is the fact that (laughs) it didn't start off as we didn't start this thinking that it would be the three of us. Right. It was supposed to be just you. It was supposed to be just me. And us being uh, guest hosts on the first episode. And then the next episode would be I would be hosting and just interviewing someone else. Right. Which would have been super boring. Oh, my God. (laughs) It would have been fucking awful. Right. But I I just also want to say that – we we have like noticed i've noticed a, a ton of progression in um in the quality of our episodes since we've started as well like it it's you guys say that you say jeremy that we we had our voice from day 1 but since that day in every episode each and every episode we were learning lessons we were growing we were um kind of 
figuring out how to ask the questions to get the right answers. Yeah. Everyone here, oh, yeah. how to be a good listeners and, and, and just, yeah, and even just um, how to talk to people who are dealing with really hard, tough yeah. subjects in their life without feeling like you're stepping on eggshells. And then how that transitioned into the more technical side of things, which is the editing of the podcast, which a, a little like trade secret from that first episode. If you go back and listen to that, that is, a whole bunch of sections of conversations that are jumbled up and mixed together all swapped around because yeah. we couldn't we we didn't have the prowess to 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 do a full length conversation in uh in a in a nice chronological order yeah. which now it's it's all straight through just much, flows yeah with, with just very minor cuts when there's you know dead mm-hmm. space or something like that and we've come so far with that yeah it's incredible he, here's an interesting thing though um, now the next episode we recorded was, was diabetes, but the, the first one that we put up next was brain cancer. That episode, I think was the, when, after we recorded that was the moment that I realized, holy shit, this is something far beyond just a comedy podcast. This is something far, far more meaningful than just a couple of guys like, joking around and and making like fart and dick jokes and maybe talking about illness. Um, it was a very, uh, it was a really like mind opening, mind blowing conversation for me to talk about death with someone else who was experiencing something very serious like Matthew Amiot who had brain cancer. Um, let's, uh, let's roll that clip. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would argue honestly that, um, my my outlook and my sort of general attitude towards existence is significantly more uh positive yeah than it was beforehand yeah uh, it puts it puts things would, into perspective well and i would yeah exactly yeah. that's a great word for it and i wouldn't even call it positive because there is uh and we don't need to really delve into this like the heaviness of this but there is an incredible amount of freedom in kind of basically knowing what's going to kill you yeah I'd, oh, like dude, to, there, I'd like to delve I would into love that to delve into, into that wow, because that is there wild. is there is a sense of freedom. Yeah. And, and I mean, to to bring it to, to what I've been dealing with, uh, that I, that's something that I've been like looking at and dealing with my entire life. You know, the whole thing of mortality. I've been right. meditating on that my entire life because the way I live my life, the way that I see my life going, I probably only have like eight years left. Right. Right. And I I. I love that. I love that. That's the fact. Or I love. I. I hope that that's the fact. I. That. I. That came up. It, it sounds fucked up. No, but I. But, but it, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, because it gives me this freedom that I can that translates into my life. Right. Where I can decide. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna live to the absolute like max, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like let petty shit get in the way. I mean, we all do. It happens, but it totally changes when you, when you can really sit down and and meditate on the fact that something could kill you, not something random that like none of us know about, but something else that not many people have to deal with, man, that like, I find it super empowering. Absolutely. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And this is the thing that I think is really great about uh, what you boys are doing is that that is a common thread, even though we don't have the same thing. Not yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we have completely different diseases, and the dynamic of of in here, like Brian and I do not know, do not know that. Yeah, like, but you know what? I was just thinking. I just kind of had this overwhelming, almost kind of epiphany for myself, and that's 
the realization that I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to die too. Oh, like yeah. I'm, that's the thing. Like, we're all going to die. Yeah. And Everyone's going to, I mean, and it sounds, I don't fucking know if CF's going to kill me, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? You can walk across I, the street. I don't know if brain cancer's yeah. going to kill me, but there's a good chance that it will. There's, and there's a good chance that CF's going to kill me too. Right. And, and, and my family tries to get like, they're like, oh no, you're going to be fine. It's gone now. And I'm like, that's mm, fine. That's not how this yeah, works. That's, that's not, not how it works. works. Yeah. That, why do I go to the doctor every three months then? <laughs> I know yeah. you know how this yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this thing is almost definitely going to take me. It's going to yeah. grow back. It's going to get bad, and I'm going to die. I mean, I, you could have died on. Uh, I could have died on the operating table. Yeah. I could have died coming here to record this with you guys today. Yeah. Uh, you can literally, and it's so funny that you you touched on uh, letting go of all like the petty garbage that just yeah. does not matter in your day to day life. God, how good does that fucking feel? Dude, right when you when you like because I still get caught up in petty garbage all the time. Yeah, what you do. But the ability to take a step back and be like, oh man, that doesn't matter. Yeah. That really doesn't matter. Yeah. And people kept asking me when I turned 30, they were like, oh, are you bummed about turning 30? And I was like, you don't get it. I got older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the number is higher. That's awesome. And every year that I live from this point on is a fucking win. Yeah. So. And it's crazy because, I mean, people go to that whole sense of freedom and not letting petty shit get in the way of how you react on a day-to-day basis people find religion to deal with that stuff they find they go to yoga they do meditation they you know they travel the world to try and give themselves conceptualize or or find out how to not let that shit get in the way absolutely and then you know something that initially from the outset seems like it's the shittiest fucking hand you could be dealt gives you something that is so precious and so valuable. Yeah. I think that's absolutely fascinating. And I, I think that it's the people who survive are the people who have that positive attitude about it and can be not um, always optimistic. though. Not always though. Not, and that's the thing. not always. It, 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 it's it's. But it certainly it, helps. It does help. And, and but there's there are people out there who who don't have that that um, that outlook. And and I and it it breaks my heart. It makes me so sad. You, that that's the case. You're talking about the the why me's and the this is bullshit. Well, the, yeah, the people that that yeah. that carry a lot of anger and a lot of yeah. resentment and a lot of like, oh god damn, if I could turn back time, like, but you can't, you know, like that. That's why I'm such a like. I just want to get the message out there to people that are dealing with shit to like own your shit, yeah, own it, and just like, I mean, yes, you don't. It doesn't mean that you have to love having brain cancer, but at least be like. Well, you know what? This was all fucked up and and sucked. However, now my life is better in this way or in this way or in this way because of it. So there you go. Matt Amion. Um, And that conversation where it went from, you know, that, that episode was so great because Matt was so funny. Dude, like he had, he had like jokes. He had like legitimate jokes that were really funny. Yeah, he wrote them down and he had a sheet with him when he came in. He was like, What do you guys think? And I was like, Those sound pretty good. Yeah. So then no, we used them all. No, that's not what happened. But I mean, he might as well have because it was, it was like a, it was almost like a, a routine. Like he, he really had these like really punchy, great bits about his cancer. And then, and then the last 25%, it took this very like somber, serious, philosophical kind of twist. Yeah. And and it was it was kind of interesting because he prefaced it by saying, 
Uh, like, I don't know if you guys want to get into that. I don't know if you guys want to talk about that stuff. Yeah, which we definitely did. And I don't, I, would, I don't even know if we knew if we did. <laughs> yeah, we had, yeah. we had, we had no plan. Um, it was really, uh, it, it was a really uh, lucky thing to get such a well balanced guest to be our second episode. Yeah, you know to. Yeah, he set the bar really high. Totally. And I mean, wait, that was, you know, we've said this all along through the existence of the podcast is that we have a sliding scale that our episodes are on. And sometimes they're more towards the serious side, sometimes they're more towards the funny side. Uh, and Matt was like smack dab in the middle. I mean, it was, he was so witty, so funny but so philosophical, had such an amazing perspective. And because of Matt, because he did that, I feel like it, it, it forced the three of us to kind of like step back and go, okay, wait a minute. If we're going to do this, like we should be doing this with, with the idea that we're doing this to help. Yeah. Like it, this isn't, and it can't just be jokes. It can't just be dick jokes. Yeah. As much as we love dick and cum jokes, uh, it can't just be those. No, um, there has to be more, especially <laughs> when it comes to your cum. There's no substance there. <laughs> you need more substance. Oh, I was thinking about that last night. <laughs> well, oh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. You know, though, like I was just when like, you're just thinking about your cum. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. What made you think about it? Because <laughs> I came and I went, man, there's not much there. <laughs> this, oh. this was this was the episode that <laughs> I mean, you know, this was, and, and again, I can't even remember what was the chronological. It was the second episode that we put out, but it wasn't the second episode we, that we we recorded. had recorded diabetes, uh, right. which we're going to hit next. <laughs> Speaking of um, which. Yeah, Taylor, you uh, you mentioned earlier about the the spectrum of uh, of of kind of conversations that we have. Some are more funny, some are uh, more serious. Matt's was in the middle. Our third episode that we had, which was also Matt, but Matt Slaney, uh, that was definitely more on the on the funny side of things. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it was a total joke. And it, let's play it. And the, and yeah, let's uh, let's let's hit it. Okay. So I, I remember like seeing my mom like walking in the front door and be like, hey, mom, am I tanned? And she was like, I, oh my I, God. Yeah, I was basically like, Matt, what the fuck happened she, to you? She, yeah, exactly. She was <laughs> oh, like, no. I can't really tell. Like, I can't tell from the bags under your eyes. Maybe just like eat something oh and go to God. bed. Oh, and I was like, did you lose uh, weight or anything like that? Like, like yeah. You, or you, you so, just looked like a skeleton. Yeah, I got back and I, I remember seeing my girlfriend and being like, Oh wow! Did you lose weight? She was like, "Did you? Oh my god! Like, what's wrong?" And we're, I remember saying, we're "Through." You're not the man. That <laughs> I remember left saying here. to Stefan at one point, like I looked in the mirror, and I was just like, "Stefan, do I look gaunt to you?" <laughs> and he was like, uh, "No, I don't think so." And Stefan also is blind. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah. that, that's one thing that we forgot to say that. So I wasn't that much. I didn't weigh that much to begin with. I was probably like i'm probably like 140 to 150 regularly me too oh nice what's up sweet weight yeah <laughs> must yeah, be the diseases date. yeah disease uh, weight <laughs> um and uh when i put myself on a scale when i got back i was 126 pounds 
That's not healthy. No, and I went into work and people were like, whoa, Matt, were you, you know, sleeping with unclean women down there? Just getting <laughs> like coke? Like, I work at a radio station, so that's a pretty, yeah. pretty. So anyways, it was like a couple days of everyone being like, whoa, Matt, what happened to you? And I was like, I don't know. I guess the food wasn't good. Like, I wasn't that hungry, yada, yada. Then one day, I, do I sound okay? Yeah, no, I'm just getting a click. Okay. Uh, are you guys' phones off? It's probably cell phone stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I was the professional and turned my goddamn phone off. I didn't know you had to do that. Jesus Christ. This is only our second episode, man. I'm so nervous I'm going to shit my bed. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I didn't turn off my phone. I got to get out of here. God. Oh, God. He's it's so like, anxious. I said, we can't have water in here. And I shit in the pan. <laughs> Okay. Sir, sir, <laughs> sir, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Clean up in studio. No, 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 no. Oh my god, dude! When he made that, <laughs> when he was like, "I'm so nervous," and he started, we started making fun of him for shit in his pants. That was really funny. God, <laughs> Slaney. So the thing that was We're really so funny. We're <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Here's a, I had a really interesting thing happen the other night. I ran into Carol. Uh, Carol, Carol, from our episode about epilepsy, um, and she regretted every second of doing the podcast. <laughs> well, no, you know what she said? She was like, "I really liked the episode, my episode," and I was like, "Yeah, it was, it was really funny." And she was like, "I was afraid that it was going to be too much of a joke." Oh, really? She was like, "I was afraid that my experience and the way that I talked about it was, it like everyone was going to think that I was just making." a joke of the whole situation. And, and, and she was like, you know, like I was just thinking about Miles Connolly's episode about asthma. Oh, no. <laughs> and I went, and cause oh, she no. knows, she knows Miles. And I go, you know what is really funny is yeah. When we did Miles's episode, there were some people that came out and they were like, this is, well, my much. asthma is really bad. And this isn't like, it's and, not very funny. And we were like, well, good for your asthma because <laughs> well, 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 maybe, well, maybe it wasn't like, definitely that. didn't say it Actually, like that. No, no. Though, Miles's episode was the first one, uh, the first and only episode that I kind of felt a little bit, a little bit hesitant in releasing it from the point that I felt like it was. Well, here's my here's my point. Here's my point, and I think you were just about to get to it, which yeah. is that was Miles's experience, right? And so, yes, Miles Miles has mild asthma. Like, like you know, I mean, it's not severe. Right now, he's doing really well. He's not. Uh, he he has no problem managing it, and but people took that episode. Uh, some people who have asthma, like serious asthma, were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, pff, this guy's got nothing on me. Like, this, uh, my asthma sucks. And now, getting, and the same thing, and, and getting, and going to us, well, you guys are portraying well, here, asthma in this way. And it's but like, well, no, we're portraying we're, Miles. We're portraying Miles, Miles' experience. And that's what I said to Carol, was I was like, yo, your asthma, I know it's not Carol, Carol. Um, it, <laughs> uh, your, your epilepsy was, you know, you... It, it, you are dealing with it in the way you're dealing with it and you've had struggles with it. However, the anecdotes and the stories that come with it in hindsight to you are very funny, which right. is great. But and, and when we come, when we come to Matt's episode who has diabetes, who just got it and we're just making a total joke of the whole thing. The response from the people listening who had diabetes wasn't, well, my diabetes sucks. And like, it looks like you're having a, a good old laugh at diabetes. It was, it was instead of that, it was oh, just you wait. Yeah. 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 They, they were like, Oh, you've got it coming boy. Someone called it the honeymoon phase. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which I love that. I love that our listeners like just, they, they were able to like rib 
Matt just as much as we were. Right. Um, which and is, also see that it it's Matt's experience, which totally. is very new to him. And that's the point of, you know, and, and we're saying this in the context <laughs> of Matt's episode uh, on diabetes, but that is the, that is it with every episode. We are not doing brain cancer. We're not doing epilepsy. We're not doing uh, psychosis. We're not doing bipolar. We're, we're doing, doing Matt. We're doing Matt we're doing with Carol- brain cancer yeah. and how they deal with that. So exactly. it is the individual's experience every time we sit down and record. The yeah. funny, funny asterisk on uh, Matt Slaney's episode is that uh, we are actually hoping to get him back in soon because he actually just found out that he's also celiac. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> like he had to change his diet so much because of diabetes and then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, uh, bread? <laughs> no, can't do that either, bro. Poor you guy, know what man. though? I'll tell you this. It does suck, but I've never seen a more fit looking human being. He looks, he looks so fit. Dude, the guy is shredded. When was the last time you saw Matt? Dude, Matt he, Slaney's shredded? Dude, you I should. Mean, no offense, Matt. I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm just Taylor, not sure. He's shredded like Jer shredded. Skinny, God, skinny right. fit. Goddamn right. Skinny fit. Because it's the same weight. Skinny yeah, that's fit. right. That's right. We are. That's the name on the tag of all your shirts and jeans. <laughs> actually uh, skinny is. fit. Okay, let's move forward to, uh, to the, the next episode that really stuck out uh, to us, which this episode stood out to a lot of people. And I think that this episode... Um, I feel like this is an award ceremony. <laughs> this episode tugged... Yeah, this one tugged a lot of heartstrings. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Leighton, uh, a friend of ours who, who is uh, dealing with terminal cancer. Here's what's crazy, though. Leighton's still kicking, eh? Leighton is just living life. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is sick boy. I think sick boy is a cure. Is a cure all for cancer. Yeah, and take um, that word for word verbatim, and 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 that's a quote. From oh, you us. can quote. You can quote me on it. Sick yeah, yeah. boy cures cancer. Doctors can come and study us yeah. if they want. Yeah, bring yeah. It on. Um, so here's our episode with Leighton, and uh, it's it's a bit of a heavier subject. So I'm I'm curious to know. So I I don't know if you know. I I live with cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. and. Um, I talk about like a shortened life expectancy. Way, to, all way the time. to make this all about you, Jeremy. Thank you. And uh, um, and a question that I've had asked to me quite a bit, and and that the answer changed uh, pretty drastically, like over the last ten years, is that people wondering if you when you die, uh, like, are you going to be? How will you feel about your wife? I'm married as well. Mm-hmm. Your wife. Um, finding love somewhere else. Like, is that something that bothers you or is that something that trips you out? And I always find that, you, I find that, you know, it's hilarious. Such is a that, weird question to like, no, to be asked by someone. Yeah, it, is, it is a weird one, but that's, it, that's was actually going to be my next project was find, find a, just a, taking a, the piss of myself. For you. Yeah. Basically do like a <laughs> no, bachelor thing. No. before. I die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. So that's, that's happened. Um, Nobody's asked me about it, but yeah. Candace and I like that. I'm, that talk I, comes I, I up. Want, that talk comes up. Yeah, I bring it up. Exactly. I bring up all this stuff that yeah. sometimes makes her uncomfortable and sometimes doesn't. But um, of course, I want her to move on. How silly would that be? You know, how silly would like, that be to be on your deathbed and say, "And by the way, don't ever, ever love anyone else." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did, did exactly. I mean, did you yeah. just fart as you as you, you defecate die? when you die? 
That's a, that is a thing. Well, so that, yeah, that's where the sound effect came from. Um, <sighs> <laughs> He's done. <laughs> it's official. Yeah. yeah. He Roll him out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope, really honestly, I hope that that happens to me. Yeah. Are we, no, hold, 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 wait, I thought we were going back to. I thought we were going. No, back just to, to, on, to on a you on a actually no, on a side note. No, on a side note, I uh, that's an, oh, another nice thing about like uh, the ignorance is bliss is that I have no idea how I'm gonna die. Like, um, I have an idea, but like, I hope it's peaceful. I don't know where I'm going with this, other oh, than yeah. it would be. Here's a, here's a question. It would be cool to fart just like as a last like, <laughs> fuck you. But I actually heard that if you don't defecate when you die, then your soul forever becomes a piece of shit. <laughs> and you burn in hell. Dude, oh, that is actually. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we are recording. Yeah, I, 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 we totally set that up as like <laughs> shit got serious. <laughs> that did not get very serious. Layton was uh, like, Layton was like, I, I don't know how I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, just poo poo. Right His sound before effects you were on point. Though. Yeah, he, he was, he was. But this is okay. So this is where it actually starts to get serious, right here. And I'm wondering if this, um, as heavy and as dark as your situation is, do you feel like there's there's something that you, you've taken away from this that has that has changed you? Uh, for the better? Well, my son. Mm-hmm. But that was, I mean, p- purely coincidental. Um, was it, what, did it, it, no, as far as getting... You say, you say your son, did you, do you mean that in knowing that you were sick, you, every, like, you made the decision the, the, the to have a son? That, uh, no. My, Candace wanted a kid and it took a little while for her to convince me. But the fact that I have a child now, makes it so much easier so much harder but at the same time yeah. so much easier because Especially before because you... my relationship with her it's like yeah um have you seen that really cheesy uh pan trailer for the new peter pan movie uh, so uh, I have, yeah, and like actually. at the end he's flying through the air and she's like this is not the end of me this is the beginning and i see that and, and you know like when you're really sick you get super emotional and you cling on to songs and you, you just sit there and play it on repeat and just like ball your fucking eyes yeah, out all day. Yeah. And that was kind of like my, <laughs> my song for a bit. Um, but it's true. Cause like we got together, we made him and he's half of me. So yeah. I'm living on through him and Ooh. it makes it a lot easier. Ooh. That was, um, after we recorded that episode with Layton, um, he had a whole fuckload of people hit him up on social media um, just to like offer their their any kind of support that they could offer. People like complete strangers, people that had no idea who he was, um, and that's you guys. That's the people listening to this. Um, and I don't know. I think that that's, uh, you guys rock. Everybody who listens to this podcast, you guys are the fucking best. And I know that Leighton really appreciated all of the kind words and, and, um, and all of the, I think Leighton really appreciated the community 
that was kind of formed there. Mm-hmm. It's it's <coughs> it's really for me. It's really fun to do this with uh, with Jeremy, with you, with Taylor. But like, if it wasn't for the community that's created and the interactions and the the listeners reaching out to our guests and and the conversations that arise because of this if it wasn't for all of that i d- i don't think this would be nearly as rewarding as it has become for me personally well that was kind of the the start of the start of of what has become you know the trend of our guests being um, a source of strength, inspiration, support, um, and as well as as well as our, our handling of those conversations, um, being being supportive and inspirational for people. And, they, and when, like you were saying, Jared, when people write in and say, "Hey, I I know what you're going through. Like I'm here to support Layton," or um, or I'm going through the same thing, and that conversation totally changed my perspective. And on our end of things, man, I remember being so, so nervous to talk to Layton. Yeah. I had never talked to somebody who knew they were going to die and wanted to talk about it publicly. Yeah. And that was terrifying for me. And how much of a, how much of an eye opener and like life changing experience was that for you? Like I, I can't even to go in there and to have again a conversation with somebody who was so well balanced. I mean, we were able to go in there and shoot the shit like best friends, ha- say jokes, but then dive into some of the most intense and heavy stuff yeah, that yeah. I have never I've never talked about. That is really at the essence of what we're trying to do with the show is have the conversations that you will that you subconsciously avoid because you, you don't want to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's what I was nervous about. That's the source of my nerves was, Holy fuck. I'm going to go in here and have this conversation that I'm terrified to have because I want to avoid it at all costs. In, in contrast to what you were saying too, Taylor, I like, I anticipated that it was going to be extremely, I anticipated that it was going to be a little bit of a, a downer having that conversation. Yeah. Totally. And I was, I was really surprised at how uplifting, uplifting, inspiring and, and like genuinely nice it was just to sit down and, and hang out mm-hmm. with Layton. Right. Which can, which is like the, which should, like, that's like the poster child conversation for our podcast is like, mm-hmm. yo, Give somebody the one line of what Layton's going through and now tell me the emotion that you think is going to come, that you're going to have when you listen to that conversation. Or what do you think the tone is going to be? And then most likely the answer is going to be sad, downer, bummer. Totally flip that on its head. I mean, yeah, it goes through those times that are heavy and hard. But I remember leaving that that conversation being happier than I had been in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, I think coming back to what you guys were saying about how you know that those come coming having these conversations that are changing people's lives and making a huge difference in people's lives. Uh, this next episode that we're going to throw to was a perfect example of that. I had my first threesome experience in my bathroom downstairs in my house, and your mom's going to be on the I, same episode. I that couldn't. You talk about yeah, this is fucked. Eh? <laughs> I couldn't fuck. I couldn't. I couldn't 
get my I couldn't insert my well, dick. Wait, was your because first it was so painful? Was your first sexual like sexual intercourse experience a threesome? It would have been if I if I was able to stick it in. Dude, I know. <laughs> That's and insane. So, what what saved me was cuz I was like trying to get it in there and it was it was so painful and I was like <laughs> fuck and I didn't know how to get out of the situation. My old man calls my phone. And I knew that he was calling, and so I was like, oh, I have to take this because it's my house party, and, like, I've got to take this because my dad's calling. So I answered the phone, and that's how I, like, slipped out of that situation without it being awkward. But after that, I was like, never again. Like, i got to figure this out. And so I went to my mom. <laughs> I went to my mom, and I was like, something's not right with my dick. I don't know what to do. That's why I want to call my mom and ask her about that moment because I feel like she'll remember it better than I will. Let's give her a call. Yeah, give her a call. Let's do it. <laughs> is this super fucked? No, this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's fucked, but it's hilarious. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, so <laughs> you're on the. I'm. We're recording the podcast right now. So you're on. You're on a recording. Okay. So. No, no, I'm not going to embarrass you. So um, he's embarrassing himself. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking to a guest today who had phimosis. And you know what that is, right? Yeah. So I had phimosis, right? Yeah, you had to have a circumcision when I think you were sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Do you remember when you? Do you remember the moment when I came to you and was like, "I don't think my dick works right." No, you didn't even tell me. What? You didn't even tell me. You went to the doctor and and made your appointment and everything. <laughs> what? Such a what the fuck? <laughs> but but didn't we have a conversation about it? No, uh, this is this is what happened. You said to me, you said, "Mom, there's going to be a phone call. Come here from a doctor." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and you said, and I said, "What?" Uh, you said, "Yeah, there's going to be a call come in because I'm going to be having an appointment." And I said, "An appointment for what?" Uh, there's this doctor this doctor's appointment I'm supposed to go for uh, and I arranged it all myself when I went to clinic because I talked to the, the girls in there about it or the doctor sure, sure, sure. and so you you arranged the whole thing so anyway the call came in with the appointment for your surgery date Holy! so I didn't know anything until then then I found out because I said what's the appointment for what, what's the call and then you told me so I was like Jeremy why didn't you tell me? <laughs> why, 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 why the fuck do you think I didn't? Like, why would I tell you? Of course I didn't tell you. <laughs> how did, oh, how did okay. you say it though when you said... And I'm a nurse. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, we all know that. That's what, true. What, did, what did you say though when you actually told her about the circumcision? I don't know. So, what did I, so how did that go after that? After you found out that I, want, that I was going to have a circumcision? Um, so I was like, I just said to you, I said, you, you know, you can tell me things like that. Like, how would I know if you didn't tell me? And then anyway, you got the appointment and then, so I took you today that you had to go for the surgery. <laughs> my mom took me to my circumcision. <laughs> so anyway, then, uh, luckily dad and Natasha were away cause she had a volleyball tournament. So it was you and I home. That's my dad and my sister. Does your sister know that you're... <laughs> So you're dad and your dad now. They were like, don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, well, she'll know now. <laughs> so anyway, no, no one knew, and it was you and I at home. How- so you had the surgery, and I picked you up, and then we 
came home and then I just looked after you for the weekend. How brutal, how brutal was that weekend for me? Uh, it was pretty, it was pretty brutal for you. You, you know, you were taking medication and the, the worst of it was when you went to go have a pee. Oh God. Oh God. Why? Do you remember, do you remember that? No, tell me. <laughs> tell us, Maxine. So, tell us. So anyway, you you went to the bathroom to have a pee, and they had your penis all wrapped up. <laughs> you had a dressing on your penis. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, you went to the bathroom. And Zombie we dick. And you, you were peeing all up on the walls everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no. Said, oh my god. Me, that's okay. Like, don't worry about that. Like, that's, that's okay. Like, you know, my mom cleaned up pee before, so don't worry about that. That's oh my, no oh deal. my god. So I had to go down and clean up your pee, and because when you pee, that's what happens. And then the next day, the next day was the most um, traumatic, uh, traumatic for you. Because um, you had to have the dressing taken off. Oh God! And did you so do, anyway, did you do that? Then Maxine, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, he, uh, I said, you go get a shower. You know, like that. That way, then when you get in the shower, it'd be much easier coming off, right? So anyway, you get in the shower. You were like, I can't let you see my penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I didn't sound like that. <laughs> I was like, hear me, it's okay, like, I'm a nurse, it's okay, like, you know, it's no problem. This is simultaneously the funniest and most embarrassing thing I think I've ever experienced you, in my you were life. So scared, you were so scared that it was infected, and I had to make sure that it wasn't. I'm never getting laid again. <laughs> Does this look infected? <laughs> so anyway, you got the shower, and then I, I helped you get the dressing off, and, um... I said, no, it's not infected. You're fine. Like, it, it's okay. And then we just, you just had to put, like, um, medication and everything on it, some, like cream or whatever. But sure. you did all that yourself. But we, I just, you just wanted me to make sure that it was, that it was okay. Well, Mom, um, well, then, thank you, I guess, for, uh, for not only taking care of me during that procedure, but also reminding me how fucking awful that was. Oh man! Wow, that makes that gives me phantom wiener pain. <laughs> Just yeah. hearing that again, dude. <laughs> when my mom's talking about me peeing, because you know when you pee and it goes all <laughs> over the place, that's what happens when you pee. <laughs> you know what's so funny is my mom. Like when I hang out with my mom, uh, I, I'm I never think like, man, mom, you're really funny. <laughs> but when we get her on the podcast, I'm like, Jesus Christ, mom, your comedic timing. It's, in, it's, <laughs> it's, in, it's fucking, in, it's inadvertent. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's so perfect. She's such a mom. Um, she's, she's such a mom. And I love that we, we, we've like kind of called her up a couple times now and, and without, without warning, we should do that more. Think of your favorite one hit wonder or that overpriced toy. Your parents would never let you have or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? 
I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Jeremy and I uh, went to an event last night out in Mahone Bay um, with Lululemon, and they uh, we were, we were taking a van out there, and we were talking to a friend of ours, Corey, who who was like, you know what, I, I you know I know all about the show, but I, I can't say I've actually listened to an episode yet, and especially when we're talking to a guy, and even girls, I mean, guys or girls, whatever. You go, we were like, first episode you listen to, Famosis for sure, because that's gonna get you into the oh man. The, comedic side of this of this show and then you're like it's all downhill from there and it's all yeah. downhill from there because that that's the funniest and then it just goes into some deep dark place <laughs> i do have to say though like that that was that was that was actually really big for me because i up to that point i had never was it that big <laughs> yeah no yeah well well uh, big and bandage yeah <laughs> yeah with all the gauze it, it very it's like, a, it's like a poodle very you know? swollen appears, i called it appears big but when it gets wet it just gets so, <laughs> just, I, I called you zombie dick there but i really meant mummy dick and i felt really uh, bad about that uh what i meant by big was that it was i'd never really talked about my circumcision and to like really anybody like and it was something that i f- weirdly kept really close and was like i i don't want anyone to know i got circumcised. i don't know if that's so weird but i think it is kind of weird well it's weird in in in, in the context of what we're doing but it's not abnormal well, well let's put it this way let's put it this way very recently Someone that that we know, yeah, uh, had let us know. Hey, by the way, guys, want to let you know. Uh, I after listening to your Famosis episode, you normalized all of it so much for me that it made me realize that I had Famosis and I had to deal with it. And I went and I got circumcised. And this is a full grown adult. But there's of, something there's there's a difference between going and getting and realizing that you need to get something done about it and talking in public about it. But no, but and but what he followed that up was with was um and if, I'm not saying if, if people have been asking, if people have been asking like where have you been? Just let them know. I that. just told I just brought it up and said it's not that weird. I just I just tell them that I got circumcised. Yeah, because before that episode, the only time you talk <laughs> about it is when you were about to have sex with a girl and you had to explain why your dick looked so weird. No. God damn it. Yeah, I was afraid too that I was not going to get <laughs> I was going to have a hard time getting laid after <laughs> after my mom just putting on blast to the entire world <laughs> that she had to put cream on my penis when I was 16. <laughs> You're a fucking basically an adult. <laughs> Luckily, that is not the case. <laughs> uh, but speaking of my mom and um, and Your not dick. speaking of my dick, uh, <laughs> we decided to have my parents on, both my mom and dad, uh, to talk to us about um, what it's like to have a child who lives with a a fatal disease. Um, and uh, again, a really big that was a big thing for me as well. Um, it was, it was like some weird public fucking family therapy session. And, uh, my parents told me stories that in that conversation with the two of you, things that I've never heard them say before. So anyway, I had this, um, pediatrician. She was very nice. And I was like taking Jeremy back and forth to the doc, taking him back and forth to her. And, um, 
I don't know. I think he was on antibiotics maybe three, four times. And then she said, you know, she said, um, I don't know what's wrong. Like, I don't know if he's got like some kind of bronchial problem um, or not. But she said, I'm thinking, I think I'm going to test him for cystic fibrosis. And I was like, cystic fibrosis. And she was like, yeah, she said, I, I want to test him. But honestly, I really don't think that that he has that. How many times? How many times have we heard that? And everybody goes in to get their shit tested. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to test you for colon cancer. Probably don't have it. Yeah. But. Well, there are. Well, you do. Not, well, I mean, it's probably, uh, it's probably a procedure that a doctor goes through. They don't want to say, yeah. we're going to test you for this and like lead you on that you've got something. Yeah, but. You should probably never say, but you probably don't have it yeah. <laughs> before you test them. Better than saying, you probably have cancer, so we're going to test you for yeah. cancer. Yeah, I guess Better so. than it saying, be- you probably it is better. do. It is better. That's true. But anyway, true. She, uh, she sent us, you know, for the tests. And um, anyway, I had come home and I said to Cobb, I said, uh, so I said, they tested him. They're <clears> going to test him for cystic fibrosis. And at the time... Dad was um, working with a guy, or no, I was, going uh, to school with a guy, or something. Uh, and his daughter had CF. Yeah, I was in um, I was in Trades College at the time, and the uh, welding instructor, uh, uh, Bob Cork, was his name, and uh, Bob's daughter had CF. <coughs> and so, anyway, I had mentioned to Bob about this uh, this test that they were going to do, and Bob said to me, "Cobb, he said uh, you can do your own test." And I said, how's that? And he said, well, he said, when you go home tonight, he said, put them in the tub, bathe them, clean them right up. And he said, you know how he said how fresh they feel? I said, yeah, as a baby. He said, yeah, I mean, you know. So he said, um, fresh as a daisy, right out of the tub. Stick them in the oven. He said, Stick them in the oven at 450. (laughs) Get some rosemary. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and a little basil. (laughs) But... um, you gotta anyway. eat them, Cobb. You gotta eat them. Yeah. So he said, uh, <laughs> "It's the only way." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bob! What the fuck? <laughs> so anyway, Bob says, uh, "Yeah, he said, just wet your lips." He says, "And and uh, give him a big wet kiss on the back of his neck, fresh out of the tub." And he said, "If it's just like a salt shaker," he said. And then he said, "I'll tell you right now." He said, "The kid got CF." And yeah, so wow. I don't know if we talked about that, but the. the one thing with CF patients is their skin is very, very, very salty. Like, what was that like when he tells you to do that? You bathe him, you kiss him. He yeah, tells, he tells me. I told him. Maxine, I, he has it. I was like, no, he doesn't. He's like, kiss him. I was like, I don't taste it. He was like, um, I taste it. I was like, no. Did you? Did she, you taste I it though? Did not she, taste it. She was in denial. I think. I think. I guess. I mean, I couldn't taste it. I just wouldn't let myself yeah. taste it, I guess, right? Yeah, I think your brain I think your brain can do that if you really don't want yeah. something to be real. Yeah. And so when when you told me this story at the at the wedding party, you were saying that you were kind of in denial, but dad knew for sure. Dad was like well, there's something a, fucking wrong. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I knew there was something wrong. But he was he you were saying that dad thought it was, he was like, it's CF for yeah, sure. Yeah, because he CF had talked sure. to him and he had said that. So he had a self-convinced that, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So anyway, the day the phone call came in, because the lady called me like it was in the evening. It was like after hours. And I guess when she got the test back, she thought, you know what? Like, I got to let her know that her little boy has cystic fibrosis. So she called our house and Cobb answered the phone. 
and he he knew that it was the doctor. He was like, uh, who's calling? And she said who it was, and he said, because I don't know, like, I guess he was expecting it, right? I was like, just you were denying positive it. person. No, yeah. that's not going to happen to us. Yeah. No, no, no. So anyway, I'm downstairs with you, with Jeremy, and the phone call comes in, and he gets, I heard the phone, but I did, didn't pay any attention because I'm busy with, with you. You were like 20 month, 21 months old, and I'm pregnant. I'm Natasha at the same time. So anyway, he comes downstairs, and he was like, I was like, who was on the phone? And he was like, it's the worst news ever. It's the worst news ever. And I was like, what? And he was like, he got it. I said, he got what? He was like, he got cystic fibrosis. Well, the two of us were just, like, devastated. Like, we just were, like, just like our world fell apart. Yeah, it was like, to me, it was like a baseball bat in the forehead. 15 weeks pregnant on Natasha. We got a 21-month-old. Now we're like, oh, my God. Like, okay, does this baby have it as well? But... That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. Is what was your, what was your thought process? I mean, I didn't know that you were pregnant at the time when you found out. So, what was the what was the thought process of getting that news while you're pregnant and thinking, "Oh my God, is it, it is it crazy. going to happen again?" It was like devastating. Yeah, and she was three months pregnant at the time, and <clears throat> the week before was having some spotting. So we had thought that she was going to miscarry the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in the hospital overnight. Um, we thought that that night that I was. So they give us an option at that point. You know, they said, you know, if you want, it's not too late. You can terminate the uh, pregnancy. And, and Holy uh, fuck. What? Oh, yeah. yeah they well, they when you to- found out that, you, that I had CF, they said, look, if you want to just, if you want to abort. There was an option. They offered, they said we could have um, an amniocentesis. I don't know if you guys know what that is. That's no. a test that they give. Uh, mothers that are pregnant, like to find out if there's any type of birth defects. So at that time, I could have had that to find out mm-hmm. if Natasha was had cystic fibrosis. And him and I, you know, we said, you know what? Like I'm pregnant. We're we're going through with this. Like we're we're just gonna whatever. You know what? It was if obviously it was meant for us to have another baby. Like we just have to deal with whatever it is, and that's what we decided, and we went with that. Dude, that was so trippy to hear my parents be like, yeah, we almost aborted your sister. <laughs> like, yeah. holy fuck. Natasha just had a baby. <laughs> you know, it's like there's something so, I don't know. And, and it's also, Life. I found it kind of fascinating that they could have they could have checked to see if she might have CF or if she did yeah. have CF yeah, before, but they chose not to. <laughs> and it's kind of, it, it's it's really fascinating the, the choices that parents make when it comes to having children right Mm -hmm. like like i don't know i don't know it's just really trippy to me it is really trippy yeah i mean what are your thoughts on that like if you what are your thoughts on oh this is going to be real controversial what are your thoughts on aborting a baby because the baby may have a disability or the baby may have a chronic illness and you find that out before it's like man there's so many layers to that that's a pretty yeah it's a pretty I would love to have someone on the show sometime um, who deals with that or specializes in that, mm-hmm. especially with things like um, this is coming way off track from what we talked about with my parents, but people with like down syndrome and like um, mental, like intellectual disabilities and the, and the, the thought, the idea of like, Oh, well 
this this baby's going to have Downs, so we might we like we should probably abort. Right. Like that's um, it, it, there's that's so really many, crazy well, to think about. There's so many layers to that because you're trying to say you're trying to basically get um a sense of of what what is more powerful than um like is the, you, you're obviously somebody who has a a child that has a birth defect with down syndrome or autism like any anything that you can be born with that that puts a massive struggle on the parents that have that baby mm. um and i'm sure that anybody <clears throat> or i'm sure that of of probably a vast majority of people that have children that have issues like that would say that you know the love that we it was have totally for that worth child it. Yeah. trumps trumps all yeah. of the hardships. Yeah. Um, but before you go through that love, or before you know that love, do you look at your life and go, "Well, you know, this is this will it, if I go through with this pregnancy, this will be life from then on." Will yeah. Be, will be financial hardships, um, societal hardship. Like, there's just so many different layers to yeah. that to that question. I, I personally think that I just wouldn't want to know. I wouldn't want to know because I wouldn't want to have the, the opportunity to have the power of that decision. Yeah. Because it would be so difficult to make. Cause well, it was like my parents didn't know, right? My parents didn't yeah. know that I had it. And then they yeah. found out that I had CF, but like, and then, but you look at that, you look at that now and it's like, well, everything worked out and things are great. And they, I love my parents and my parents love me. And they've, they've, I feel like they did a pretty goddamn good job of raising me to be a, a decent human being. Um, You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but through hardship uh, comes the opportunity to, yeah. to learn, right? Yeah, you yeah. learn so much yeah. more when you go through those difficult times. So once they come out on the, on the other end of those things, like for your parents now, and of course, they're still dealing with your CF. Your CF will never go away. But no, being yeah. able to uh, understand and grow with you and learn with you as as you go through uh, the difficulties of living with CF, then then you all end up benefiting from that in, mm-hmm. in a weird kind of way. That was one of the things when, uh, and I had mentioned earlier on in the episode that Jeremy and I did this event with Lululemon last night. We did a goal. We did a goal setting um, hour. Um, with a lovely girl, Meg Martin, and um, while we sacrificed a goat uh, on, on, a, on a mountain and, and drank the blood of the lamb within a, within a fiery pentagram, <laughs> Lululemon hell, Lululemon, <laughs> we we did the whole thing in tongues. The power of Luan compels you. <laughs> so we did this event. So we did this thing, and, and Meg and Meg led this uh, this goal setting session. And uh, on one of the pages that we had, we had a circle, uh, and inside the circle, we said, "This is what we do want." Outside the circle, this is what we don't want. And inside the circle, one of the you things put children with CF. You don't yeah, want, I want a child with CF. <laughs> that one of the things that I put down was hardship. That I want hardship for that reason that you said because you, of you, the you you want hardship. Yeah, yeah. I said yeah. I want hardship because that's, that's fucking rad. Because that's the like how many. How do you grow? How, how do you, you learn? How do you get anywhere without having to go through How do you learn without things? Exactly. It takes a lot of awareness yeah. to to be able to do that though, Taylor. Like I that's inspiring. To I, me I think it is. I think that. it is. Because like for example, in my life, I wouldn't know that I'm not into butt play if I didn't have a barium enema. Right. I that was a hardship that I went through and the thing that I took from that was that I don't like fingers 
up my butt. Sure, well, I think an, that's an intellectual imprint that is, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is now become a fetish of yours. And now and when you look back, you go, oh, well, when I was really young, someone played with my butt. And this is why I really love butt butt. Uh, speaking about playing with butts, uh, our next uh, little conversation dives into uh, the struggles of sex and being a transgendered woman. And what kind of, what are some of the challenges besides if there is anything above and beyond that experience with that guy, what kind of challenges sexually have you like run into? Oh man, where do you want me to start? Oh, like (laughs) it's a long list. From the very beginning. Yeah. Well, when I was in the bathroom stall. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I, uh, I mean, man, I think being, being a trans woman, there's, you're, you're instantly a fetish. There is like a, a fetish market Whoa. for transsexual women, and you're immediately branded as a piece of meat. So sure, there's going to be a lot of like really good looking guys oh, that yeah. want to like even thought about that. you know fuck you and fuck you good, or they want to blow over your face, but they don't want they don't want it to be out. Like hey, this is on the down low, and like you know, yeah. what, oh. what, and in the beginning of your transition, you're like oh yeah, it's totally cool. Like we can keep this a secret. <laughs> you're so hot. Oh my god, <laughs> he's talking to me. <laughs> And then and then it kind of gets old, and uh, you're like, I don't really fucking want to be, you know, someone's secret. I don't really want to yeah. do that. Like, well, what's in it for me? Like, are you, are you going to finish me? Or it kind of gets like that on our end too. To be totally <laughs> honest with you, that's how I that's how I felt about about the whole about the whole like going out and dating people and and have one night stands and all that stuff. It just fucking <laughs> yeah. gets old. And you know, it just goes to you're going to the bar and. It's like I, I it's called a, 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 <laughs> wait, a wait, butterfly wait, story. Just, when Taylor said that, I was like, "Is it? Wait, what are you?" So I was like, "What are you saying right now, Taylor? Are you saying that you've like you you're, that you're done fetish? having guys <laughs> blow loads on your face, <laughs> and, and you just want to? <laughs> it's that long hair." <laughs> Well, I've been just experimenting with some of these apps, and I've just been meeting all these guys. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Go back to the butterfly thing. Jesus so it, it's like a butterfly is like if let's say if we were at the bar and you were like plaster drunk, didn't know that I was a trans woman. You took me home. We got to your bed, and I was like, shabam. Like, hey, and you were like, fuck, no. No, that's not okay. That's like a butterfly is when you don't tell yeah, okay. is that is that common? Like, does that personally? I've I've never done it because I think that's such an awkward thing to happen, and I'm already awkward as it is. To so just I, be like, bam! Guess what? Yeah, sucker! Su- surprise! surprise. Well, you, I hope you yeah. like your pussy loose. Yeah. <laughs> you're basically you're basically inviting you're basically inviting a situation where where you're either and it's you're either you're, yeah, you're, you're either not you're not disclosing yeah. something in a sexual nature, which is not cool, or or you're inviting, man. You don't know, man. There's a, there's. I bet there's some fucking crazy people out there that would get violent. There yeah. absolutely are. Oh, yeah, definitely. yeah, there, there absolutely are. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. My, <clears throat> go, go for it. My, uh, my favorite thing about our conversation with Brandy was was the fact that it was it was kind of like the first time I felt like we could just ask anything. We yeah. Could ask any question we wanted to. Well, it was, it, I feel like it was the first time that I came into a conversation going, Ooh, I don't know if, and I even say it in the episode, like I don't want to offend her. And when Brandy was like, you got a free fucking pass, buddy. It was like, okay, 
we can do this. Like we can have this conversation and a, and a free pass for, for like educational purposes yeah. too. Right. Like, like us asking these questions on these recordings in, in this studio room <laughs> is like a safe environment to, to get rid of that stigma, yeah. right. To be able to ask those questions that kind of open up a dialogue and, and allow us to better understand yeah. what and it is it, that that person's it, dealing it with. It may make me, I don't know, it may sound stupid, but I, I honestly can say that after talking with her, for that episode, it completely changed how I personally interact with other transgender people on a day to day basis. Like now like, you're now you're okay with like engaging in some sexual activities with them. <laughs> I was kind of already almost okay with it back then, <laughs> but now you're uh, definitely okay. <laughs> now really really into no, it. No, but what I meant by that was that I I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells, right? right? And right. I don't feel like um, you know. I might say something that will totally like throw them into like a, an offended fit of rage because I accidentally said something that I didn't mean to say or whatever. Especially in this, in this, uh, in this kind of time that we're living in where very sensitive climate, very sensitive climate. And there's like, you know, you're, there's this, you know, crazy big spectrum of like pronouns that people are going by and all these different types of gender identities or, or, or gender neutral, whatever. I mean, there's like, fuck, it's impossible for me to remember all of them and to go over all of them and explain what they are. But to, to sit down with somebody who is kind of like right in the heat of that, of that climate and going and going through a lot of the struggles that uh, come with that, that, um, I don't even know what to call it. That, that, that transition, I guess. It's Ooh. funny, Jeremy, when you say that, like I, I, that you, that you didn't want to be a, afraid to offend somebody. I kind of equate it to, um, to when, when people call me my brother's name, because I'm, I'm an identical twin and, uh, my brother's name is Dennis. And sometimes people will be like, Hey, uh, Dennis, uh, uh, sorry. I mean, Brian, I, I, I mixed you guys up and they, they feel kind of, a, a like kind of, um, embarrassed that they did yeah. that, but I, I always tell this story that when I, whenever I meet a set of identical twins, if I need to get one of their attention, there's these twins that paddled at at the paddling club, Ian and Gavin, and whenever I needed, say I needed Ian, I would just look at one of them and I go, "Hey, Ian," and then he would go, "I'm not, I'm not Ian, I'm Gavin," and I'd be like, "Okay, get your brother." And I was never, <laughs> I was never, never worried or embarrassed to offend them because people <laughs> did that to me so often that. Yeah, I know they just they get it so often that it doesn't really bother them, right? Yeah, and being the person who's who's saying that, like you have to realize that somebody who is is going through something where they're riddled with stigma, they experience that stuff all the time. Right. So it's more so your discomfort that that prevents you from being able to be. Totally. Open with them mm-hmm. rather than their discomfort. And again, right? living in that time, living in this time where the same kind of through thread line is when you were talking about the twins. Like if, if I call Brandy, he not knowing Brandy, not knowing Brandy's story. And do you think, do you think Brandy is going to say, fuck you? I don't think Brandy would. No, but, but will, uh, will other people? Yeah, sure. Maybe, yeah, probably, but maybe. is that fair? Yeah, I don't know. And because, is it, is it that so. is because it there's your, education? Yeah. There has to be an education involved. We're living in we're living in this in this time where all of this is really new. It's not new to the people that go through it, but it's new to the people that don't. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and now it's coming out. People are transitioning. People are more open to go, yo, you know what? I'm, I was born with a penis, but I identify as a woman or vice versa. And I think, think, I think there's more understanding currently than we give credit for. Right. And it's like when Jeremy said, oh, I'm walking on eggshells. It's like, well, if we don't want to walk on eggshells, then you're going to get people fucking up. Yeah. And not on purpose. Fucking up because they just don't know. And and for I guess my I guess my perspective on that and and Brandy really being a, a really shining example of someone who I who I feel probably exemplifies this is if you fuck up in titles or 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 their identity, their gender identity, as someone who's probably gonna go, oh no, th- like here, let me explain it to you like let me like let me talk to you about it yeah an opportunity for education right instead instead of being like oh bigot you know it's like oh jeez i i just really don't know because i'm fucking (laughs) terrified i have no idea because i feel so out of my out of my realm of comfort and like and to use that as an opportunity for education uh so we're going to take a really quick intermission here um we will be back after uh this uh little segment of listening to us Look at a bunch of gnarly ass photos of someone's uh, amputated leg. Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. It gets, it gets a little gnarly. Whoa. That is so intense. Oh. That one's pretty gnarly. Oh my God. Whoa, dude. It's like a, it's like a Joker's mouth. Oh. Oh. Oh my oh, god. Fuck. Oh man. Is that the tumor? Holy fuck. Oh my god. That's the god. bottom. Oh, 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 dude, the bees on the end. Oh. Holy so, so that's fucking shit. Oh my god, that's the tumor? Yeah. Oh. Oh, fucking fuck. Oh my god, dude. Whoa, dude. that's your fucking leg. Oh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! This looks like Leatherface. Oh, fucking <laughs> like, it, like it, legit. It looks like the yeah. fucking mask that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy put on. Holy shit, dude! So the hole underneath is like open. That's it. That's your leg. That's my leg. I miss it every day. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that was our that was uh, us listening to or looking at uh, photos of our now very close friend Brandon's uh, uh, freshly uh, amputated uh, leg that they had reattached the bottom half of his leg. It's very complicated. <laughs> just, complicated. Just, just go back listen. to just go back just to listen. the osteosarcoma <laughs> episode. But uh, Brandon had cancer in his in the bone of his leg. Lost his leg. Reattached his leg. His cancer came back, but. It's looking a little good. update. We got a text the other day. He texted us and said, yo, so I had my scans today and tumor shrunk a bunch. It's like a little tumor nug now. <laughs> I texted him back and said, you should tell them to give it to you and you should cook it and eat it. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? If there's, if there's uh, if this podcast <laughs> ended today for some reason, um, I would be able to say without a shadow of a doubt that one thing that one major thing I've taken away from this is, is a good friend in, in Brandon. Yeah. I, was, oh my God. Yeah. He came over and we've hung out with him a, a ton of times, but he was over again on, on Friday night to celebrate his little tumor nug, uh, being all shriveled up now. Oh man, that's so great. And, uh, yeah, he's just a, a super, super mature for his age and super fun yeah. guy to hang out with. And if you didn't listen to his osteosarcoma episode, please do. And then he was at, Brandon was actually our second repeat guest. Uh, it was the, uh, cancer 
what was the name of that episode? Uh, Return of the Bones. Yeah, Ret- Attack Ret- of the Bones. Attack of the Bones. Yeah, it was it, it was something like that. Um, so our next episode, uh, this was probably the most controversial thing we've we've covered on the. Eh, well, we did talk about pedophilia a bit, but uh, the one of the more controversial episodes that didn't we end had up being very controversial. It, yeah, it wasn't. People didn't really get freaked out about that. Um, Sorry, I interrupted. Uh, but. This was uh, a pretty intense episode. We sat down with a gentleman named Ricky, and we talked to Ricky about his uh, HIV and how he got his HIV and how he was having sex with people without condoms even after he knew he had HIV. Do you think that there are people who are getting roped into this who don't? Are, who aren't vibing on this vibe that you're talking about? Totally, yeah. I think people, because there are guys who are like, I won't fuck you without a, with a condom. So you either hook up with me without a condom or don't hook up with me at all. And I'm sure a lot of guys get pressured that way, especially with drugs too. Like, I, yeah, the drugs is a bigger pressure than the bareback sex. Um, yeah. Then, then what about those guys? Though, what about what about the guys who maybe don't know what they're getting into? What What would you say to them? I don't think there are guys that don't know what they're getting into. You'd have to be really stupid to not I know what you're getting that. into. No, I disagree with that. I, I can't, I cannot, man, no. I cannot as a human being sit here and believe that there's someone out there who is who is choosing to have sex with people without a, who's feeling like forced or coerced into having sex Without a condom and being like, eh, well, fuck it. If I get it, I get yeah. It. But like, think about this. I mean, and you know what? I'm I'm I lean more towards what you're saying. But at the same time, think about what you know about HIV. I associate HIV with 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 gay with people who are gay with yeah. gay men. And if I'm far removed from the gay community, and that's how I associate HIV, don't you think people in the gay community? Are pretty in the know yeah, about dude, that. Yeah, but dude, you're talking about you're talking about an infectious disease that can straight up fucking end your life. And I know, great. but I think that that's the thing is that I'm that I I I know we're we're I feel like it's hard to wrap my head around. But the more you kind of explain it, I I I start to think like, yeah, how can they not know? Like, think of it this way: there are but s- you you can know, but but. To know and still be like, but there's this unspoken rule, so I'm going to fucking do it anyway or let this guy but fuck me But that guy anyway. makes his own decisions. He dis- Whether or not he was pressured into having unsafe sex, he decided to do it, so that means he's taking his own risk. But coming to what Brian said, this, this thing of people not knowing what they're getting into, I mean, like... But or, they do. So, so this, but, <laughs> but, in, but do they though? This is the thing. is like you put are, trust in, in people can, that you want... That, so sex is this very intimate... A special thing for people. Whether you're fucking snorting meth and and just taking it real raw, hard in the ass, right? Or not? And, and I, I know that sounds funny, but I, but, but hold on, awesome. just, just just be just stick with me for a second, I, yeah? Because I do mean this. Doesn't it doesn't matter what kind of sex you're having? Sex is an intimate, special thing for people, right? It's a very special thing. Man, I don't know fucking how to how to word this, but like to to go into something that's so special like sex, like 
you put trust in people, right? Like I would, I would assume that most people would go, oh, well, this person's telling me that they want to fuck without a condom. Well, clearly, clearly they wouldn't have HIV if they were going to tell me that they're only going to fuck me without a condom. See, the, the, the most, and when I say most, I mean like 100% of the guys would not think that. If the guy says, I don't want to fuck without a condom, or I don't want to fuck with a condom, then the other guy's going to be like, okay, well, you must have HIV. Okay. Oh my I, God. I, that's, I, there are so I, many I of us who have again, it. Again, I, I think I disagree with you in the sense, but I'm going to put it back to what you said earlier. You said the first time you fucked without a condom, you were nervous. And then the second time, not so much. And then the third time and fourth time, then it just became whatever. I probably have it now. Right. But if you knew as much as you are 100% sure right now, then you would probably be 100% sure the first time you had sex without a condom and say, fuck it, I got HIV the first time. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Can we just take a second, though, to just uh, when I was trying to make that point, I was like, it doesn't matter if you're snorting coke and taking super hard, raw sex in the ass. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you could literally hear the sweat <laughs> like beginning to produce a, a prawn on his brow as he was like, oh, you fucking... <laughs> Um, However, a little bit of background information there. We weren't sure if we were going to release that episode. You guys remember that? Remember how like we were like, because we said to Ricky, we were like, dude, you're talking about having sex, unprotected sex with HIV on a podcast that's going out to thousands of people. Um, You're opening your... We feel like you're probably opening yourself up to like... We asked lawyers about that. So we we asked the lawyer and the lawyer was like... He's opening himself up. He's opening himself up to... Not us. We're good. No, no. Yeah, we're good. But he was himself was opening himself up to potential um, uh, manslaughter. manslaughter charges if, if, it, if it went that far, or in the very least, <coughs> aggravated assault. Right. Um, sexual? Sexual assault, maybe. Yeah. 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 Maybe sexual assault. Um, but... Uh, and we said to Ricky, we're like, dude, do you want us to use a synonym like... Is, is that no not a synonym a, a pseudonym, pseudonym. pseudonym he did not give a fuck he was like no man put my full name out there we we're like holy Jesus okay. he wanted pictures dude he wanted like <clears throat> he wanted to give out contact information he he gave out his he, he asked us to put his grinder profile up on our website <laughs> <laughs> you know what though I have to I have to say I do have a lot of respect for Ricky um, fuck I you, was dude. I even afterwards we we did get some feedback from members of the gay community who who kind of said that a lot of things like, hey, things along the lines of, hey, what Ricky was saying is is true. That, that I ran into is, him the day like that. that it came that, that that episode came out. I ran into him on Spring Garden and he was like he was like, Yeah, I was like, Yeah, we dropped your episode today. And he was like, Yeah, you're getting a lot of feedback. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> we are. It's not good. It's not good on you. It's not good, Ricky. (laughs) But the biggest thing, the biggest reason why, and I remember, I felt, I felt the biggest reason that why I didn't wasn't sure if we should release it was because I was worried that we were going to portray the wrong uh, image of what HIV is like, and then it came back to that that thing that it's Ricky's experience. It's not exactly this isn't the experience. This isn't everybody's experience with HIV. And and as as uh, three, well, for the most part, like. 
I mean, if you wrap us all up in a group of and make us one entity, like ninety-seven percent straight. Since Jeremy does have a dash of homosexuality, yeah, I've changed my name to Jeremy since I've uh, <laughs> since I've become a little bit gay. So for, you can call me Jeremy for three for three for three for the most part heterosexual guys <coughs> to hear the story of of the reality of the Toronto bareback oh, sex man. scene. I was yeah. like, oh my god! Just to just to illustrate that story just to tell that story and that truth of what's what's going on there even though when i asked friends of mine who are gay and they're like oh yeah that's totally like public knowledge i was like really it, really it felt like a listening to a gaspar uh noe um like script he's a, yeah. a director who directs like really intense <laughs> shit did he do uh, oh, did he do um inside what's the or not orgy but uh love Mm. They did a movie called Love. Not Love. The one with <laughs> Into the, the Void. No, fuck. The one with all the faces. Uh, what's it called? Fuck. You lost me. Uh, uh, Brian? The, the last Nympho, thing. Nymphomania. No, no, that's Lars von Trier. Uh, the last thing I wanted to add about Ricky's episode was that I was also semi-concerned about how we handled it at first, um, especially before really listening back. And... It was it was kind of two schools of thought. Like we we number one, we didn't want to pass judgment on Ricky because again, it is his experience and we want to let him tell his story. But also we we wanted to push him and we wanted to challenge him on some of the yeah. ideas that he was he was saying because some of it seemed like it could be dangerous and we didn't want to we also didn't want to put out that a, a message that would that could potentially harm someone. Yeah. Right. I think my favorite thing about that episode bar none, was the amount of interaction we got to have with our, our fans, our listeners. Uh, when you guys reach out to us, when you email us, when you give us feedback, uh, when you tell us your experiences versus our guests, we love that shit. Um, so please keep that coming. Um, the next uh, little clip, this is one of those things where I still look back and go, did this actually happen? Um, we got to sit down with one of my heroes um, and... Talk to him about Did you being a fucking astronaut. One thing to think about is um, I went to uh, a, a memorial service for astronauts. There's a, there's a grove of trees at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. Uh, for every astronaut who's died, they've, they've planted one of the acacia kind of trees there. It's nice, and it's a thoughtful place to go. And um, they, they planted some for guys who had died years ago at some point, sort of catch up, including one of the uh, Apollo Apollo 13 guys. I was standing in for his family and, and the ceremony was going on and they'd put out a pamphlet and it had listed what had killed all the astronauts. They listed all the astronauts had died, who had died and they just put, you know, cause of death mm -hmm. on the right side. And so I'm standing there, you know, for a couple hours, I thought I'll read the pamphlet. And it was kind of interesting to me, sort of a, a, a overview effect to stand there mm -hmm. and think, okay, what do, what do people of my profession die of? You know, mm -hmm. what, what kills us? And, and I went down the list, and half of them had been killed in airplane accidents since they'd flown in space. Whoa. So I thought, okay, wow. well, if I can avoid crashing an airplane, that improves my chances of living a full <laughs> life uh, right to the end. So it, that kind of changed my perspective a little. Of, you know, I used to be a really top test pilot, but that's, you know, I need to be a little more realistic about how current I am, and, mm. and I'm getting older. So that was a good reality check. But almost every other astronaut had been killed by cancer. Almost mm. all of them, mm -hmm. because we're we're you know sort of healthy people. We take care of our bodies, just kind of center a part of who we are. But uh, so eventually, something kills us all, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and it was just intriguing to me to think that, huh? That's that's what 
so far. If you, if you wait long enough, eventually we'll all die of cancer, I guess. But um, it was intriguing to me to see the reality of my life and, and recognize that, hey, it, you know, I'm going to die of something. And, and the real key, of course, is what do you do while you're alive? And try and optimize your chances. Accept the fact that none of this lasts forever. Try and make the absolute most of what you've got and, uh, and avoid the things that, that you possibly can. And it's amazing where life can lead. That's such Boom. a powerful message. Yeah, Mike, absolutely. Mike, Mike drop. drop right there. <laughs> right. Oh, man, we spoke to a fucking astronaut. That was Chris Hadfield, for those of you who do not know who that is. And he is, uh, he is on, uh, unofficially, he's on the Canadian $5 bill. Uh, and he was the unofficially, f- is he, are they going to put him on? Or are they trying to no, no, like that little astronaut on there? It's, it's supposed to be him, but oh. it doesn't say Chris Hadfield. Oh, either. okay. He used the astronaut that, uh, that helped build the Canada arm. That's a huge part of building the international space station. It's on the Inter- international space station. And he was the first Canadian astronaut to command the international space station. Um, and the first human ever to record an album and shoot a music video in, in space. space. Very, very, very cool and inspirational. Fucking guy. so cool. And, and it was just cool. It was cool to like get a different spin on the podcast to talk about human health, but how it relates to living in space. Yeah. And the, and the perspective that he gives on life. The the other thing that was super cool about um, <coughs> about that whole experience is that we we got to go to um his place where he where he works and and sit with him. We flew to Toronto for that. We've mm-hmm. been to Toronto now a couple of times. We're going to Ramroover in October. Scram, and, uh, and and the reason why I bring that up is because I just want to say like if you have a story and and you want to share it on the podcast, write to us and 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 we'll put you in in our database, I guess. Yeah. And, and we'll get, we'll, we will get back to you. We get back to everybody and we want to but meet. It's, especially want, if you're in Ram River, yeah. uh, AKA Vancouver, um, for the, for the last, uh, little week of October, the last, last little bit of October. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, we got one more clip guys, one more clip. We're, we're getting kind of pretty close to like where we're at today. Uh, so I didn't want to take it too close to, you know, present episodes, but uh, this is another one that um, that is very close to home for all three of us because we sat down and talked to uh, my wife. And uh, part of this conversation is just us kind of calling uh, or, or Bridie calling out Jeremy for uh, some of the notions that he has about dying before everybody else. Yeah, this is heavy. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that that you feel like you want to want to talk about? No. Are you but sure? also, you, you had but also there. Yeah. well, because you want to finish on a nice note, but no, there's that's a, okay. I have to tell you that I worry about you emotionally because you are so certain that you're going to go before everyone you love. Yeah. And I just, I just hope that sometimes you consider that it might not turn out that way. Yeah, I and don't consider that. Maybe kind of, I don't know, I if you should, should mentally I, prepare yeah, yourself no. for that kind of thing. But Yeah, in the same way that I mentally prepare myself for being the first one to go, mm-hmm. I absolutely, you're right. I, sh- I absolutely should. Because it's funny, when we were making breakfast this morning, we were chatting, that crossed my mind, that exact thing. And I don't, I definitely wouldn't handle it well. I don't think so. 
It would be contrary to everything that you've prepared yourself for. It mm. sure would. And the thing is, is that I, can, I don't, you know, I talk about, I can talk about law, like death and, and being okay with death and stuff like that, but I'm always relating it just to me. And I'll tell you right now, every single time that I've experienced a funeral or, or um, any kind of loss, which has almost never been directly linked to me, Right, it's always been very like uh, uh, you know distant. Um, I lost my grandfather. That was that was that was that was pretty hard. Um, but me and him didn't have a super tight relationship. But like seeing you know a friend who loses a a partner or a friend who loses a child or someone I don't even fucking know who loses their child, and I show up to the wake or whatever the funeral. Like man, I get real real fucked up by that and so yeah i think you i think you have a very valid point there in that i should i really should start to meditate on that a little bit more now that i feel so like you know yeah branch out i should branch out i should <laughs> fucking branch out you're so, you're so stiff jared yeah why don't you get try bit? try being more malleable yeah. <laughs> i need more malleability from you and, but I think that that is a good thing. I think that's a good note for everybody to consider. Because right? for me, my th- whole thing is I'm trying to get everybody on the on the same boat as like, yo, consider your death. Like, consider the fact that you are finite and and be so okay with that. Be so okay with that that it feels awesome, mm-hmm. right? And it, because a lot of people don't, a lot of people fucking avoid that shit like crazy. I'm the exact opposite. I I I assume in my in my indirect or my subconscious thought of my of life, I I imagine myself to be the last one to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe that's my competitive nature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is my competitive nature. I honestly do. When I look at when I think about that, and I actually try to access why I think that way, I go. Because I'm going to beat everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to win at living. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny, though, because I think the same way. So in my vision of life, you die before me. Really? Yeah. Dude, you die before me. It's a real sad thought. <laughs> I always get real sad whenever I think about you and Dennis dying. Don't I, worry. I die, You'll be dead before me. I die before both of you, and it's very easy for me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a really, like cool, interesting, kind of trippy conversation. It was, it was similar to the one with like my parents, right? It was, I don't know, to hear, hear things from you guys and my wife that my wife, that I, that I never really heard before. Right. Or like, yeah, things that I, that we've never really talked about like in depth. Right. Because it's funny because you, you know, you and Brady obviously had talked, you know, I know you, Whose fucking phone is ringing? Oh, Taylor. Sorry. You <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't learn that in the entire yeah, year. Yeah. You didn't learn to turn <laughs> entire, your phone off. Entire year we didn't. We've been more social media, oh, social fuck. media active uh, during uh. our recordings lately. Anyway, um, I was gonna, I was saying that you and Bridie have. I know you guys don't. I sit around and just talk about fucking cystic fibrosis all day long during for God, a boring <laughs> but, with that uh, but you know you guys obviously have had those conversations before where the you you go into those realms that we got into in in here but you don't have 
two other people listening and going, yeah. oh, but what about this? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And adding their 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 part to it. And yeah. and you, you even when you get into those conversations alone as two people, I don't think you were able to reach those sort of depths that we reach in here mm-hmm. because because there are more than it is more than just two minds right adding to the conversation when and you start getting more people who have different worldviews or philosophies on how life works or whatever that's what's so fucking cool about this and it's like an independent third party look at it too exactly it's like when kyle and i fight and you're around oh yeah and i and then dude you're, yeah and and i can tell that you've got like a you've got a perspective on oh, what's I happening definitely do and i'm like am i right and you know what? I'll tell you right now, Taylor, 70% of the time, I'm like, Kyla, you got a point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm kind of side with the Kyla. Taylor, you should shut your mouth, yeah. Taylor. Um, but that's, that's I, I just want to, I want to reiterate the fact that that's why I love this podcast so much. And it's because not only, it, 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 it goes beyond this room. It goes beyond these mics. Because those conversations go out into the people that are listening to this right now. And they add their two cents, right? And whether it's through Facebook comments or emails or, or tweets um, or just like DMs on, on Instagram, um, uh, send, your like, news, send your news to Brian Seaver, uh, 902. <laughs> link, or LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> LinkedIn inquiries. You know? I mean, we, we know we get a lot of those. Or when Republican pro-life oh my God. women reach out to you on Twitter. Right. Oh, my exactly. God. Yeah, little debates like that. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is why this, this show is so special to me. I think I can speak for the two of you by saying why it's probably really special for you guys is that we're just, we've cultivated and created a community with a whole bunch of awesome people. I'm talking about you listening right now. Um, to have these deep conversations and these, these fun, entertaining, hilarious sometimes conversations that make a huge difference in my life. And I know for a fact that it makes a difference in some of your lives too, because you've said it, you've let us know. And so thank you for that. And when you say we've created this, you don't just mean the three of us. No, you mean that no, everybody, everybody. I mean that collectively, everybody who's been a part of this, yeah. everyone who's supported us on Kickstarter, everyone who's supported us on Patreon, every media outlet who's covered what we are up to, every listener who's subscribed, rated, reviewed on iTunes, every like everybody who has had anything to do with this podcast. Every person who said, I will speak on a mic. Yeah. Yeah. Every, per, every guest who've through. come in here, right. Every person who's applied to be on our show, over 200 people applied to be, to talk, to share their stories. Every single one of you have all helped create this community. And this is what it is. It's a fucking community, right? We are, we are, we are cultivating a community and I'm so glad to be a part of it. And I'm so glad that you two are, are a part of it. And I'm so glad that you listening are a part of it. Fuck. Fuck yeah. Guys, one year. Here's to another year. Here's to another year. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully. <laughs> You'll be around. I hope okay. I don't die. Taylor and I will be around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. live on. Uh, start hosting auditions for Jeremy's. <laughs> you can start applying for that. We'll have a separate segment on our website for that. Uh, is that it? I guess that's it. I think that's it. I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. It's been a fucking year. It's been a year. Uh, cheers to you. Cheers to you guys. There and you uh, 
Thanks for listening, y'all. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.